Hey everyone, welcome and thank you for joining our midweek podcast. My name is Andrew and I am your host. Every week I get to sit down with our pastors and communicators after Sunday to discuss the message and dive deeper so that we all can grow together. Joining me today is Pastor Scott, who preached at our West Lawn campus, and Pastor Eric, who preached live at our North campus. Guys, thank you for joining me. All right. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. It's great to be here. Excited. Yeah. um, We are in week two of our Family Matters series, and this week, both of you guys were teaching and and, um, preaching on marriage, Uh, what we kind of had after Sunday, um, both a great response and then uh-huh. some people who who walked yeah. away not feeling great after Sunday's marriage because uh-huh. um, you guys both addressed it in your in your sermons. Marriage is is a very complex thing to be mm-hmm. teaching about, and there's just no way to get into everything in yeah. in one message, mm-hmm. and you know. We try our best to prepare and, and yeah. address and be be kind of um, sensitive, sensitive, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Right. and and acknowledge different people are in different phases of life and what that looks like. And one of the things that we had was some people left with with kind of not a great taste in their mouth after Sunday, and and we knew that going into this series and i think we talked about this a little bit last week scott like some of these mm-hmm. topics are tough topics mm-hmm. um but our encouragement for for people who who might walk away from mm-hmm. from a sunday message and feel like i don't agree or or that is hard for me to hear or mm-hmm. underst- or i don't understand um we encourage you to reach out to our pastors, our pastoral yeah. staff, and and seek uh, pastoral counsel and care. And you know, especially through this series, we're mm-hmm. going to be diving into some tough topics and and subjects that, that you know you might <coughs> you might not know how to answer. You might not know how to deal with. You might be living through some of these things that yeah. we're discussing. That are trials, um, and that is always encouraged, like to to jump in. And obviously, I have two of our pastors here, and you know, guys, if you want to just kind of add to that from you from where you sit as as a pastor and a preacher. Yeah, you know, I I think the message. You know, I, I've done a lot of reflection, and I it's it's great to hear feedback. It's very helpful uh, to me anyway to hear from people in the church who, when, when I preach and I teach, I, I, I believe I come across very passionate about it. And I feel strong about what I believe the word of God teaches and what my convictions are. And my heart was, and always is to present that to the church in a, in a God honoring Christ honoring Holy spirit led respectful way. And I feel like I did that, but the feedback, as you mentioned already, Andrew, uh, it was varied. And I, I'm not, I guess, as it comes in, I'm not surprised that it is. Like people, we have a congregation in total of almost 2,000 people. And so you have a lot of different stories and situations and life circumstances that people are walking in and through right now. And their story is not my story. And I, I totally respect and understand that, you know, so I, I had a lot of people 
after the messages on Sunday at West Lawn, anyway, cheering me on, sending me messages, texts, and emails, and in the hallway. Thank you so much, Pastor. That was so good. It was so encouraging. It was so helpful. I can't wait to work on this and walking out hand in hand with their spouse, like celebrating, you know, what was, is what I believe is God's design for marriage. And I had others kind of in the middle and then some, it was hard to hear because of their, either their current marriage that they're fighting for right now, or from a failed marriage that they felt like I did those things and it still didn't work. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, one of the things that, Again, there's, we, we, we have a couples class here that takes, we take 10 weeks and we do a very narrow slice of marriage for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's just, you need, you need a year to really dig into all the stuff that you could talk about. But I think, um, you know, there were a lot of things that just weren't said on Sunday. And I think that makes it hard for people when they're listening from their, their place of a, of a marriage that didn't go as they had hoped. And, you know, they, I, I tried these things and didn't work. It, Here's one thing I'd like to say is we we absolutely recognize that it takes two people, that it does take two who both want to submit their life to Christ and their marriage to Christ and his lordship to make a marriage work. It It is impossible to be in a one flesh covenant relationship with only one of you wanting to make it work. And yeah. so people, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of brokenness in our church and I think people did respond in, in a, var- a variety of ways, at least here at um, West Lawn, Eric. I'm sure you had some of the same at North. <clears throat> yeah, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there is no marriage that is perfect. Mm-hmm. There are some marriages that are better than others. And so, you know, there there's things that couples may be dealing with that are similar, but you're still dealing with two different personalities. So when you talk about marriage and, you know, we do when we marry people here at GT, we, we do a thing called marriage coaching where we just want to give them some tools before they're married to, to hopefully have a thriving marriage. And you quickly realize when you meet with a couple that, and there's two different personalities mm-hmm. here at some point, they're going to fight. And, you know, it's interesting when you say that to a couple who's ready to get married and they're madly in love and you tell them, Hey, you're going to fight. They kind of can look at you funny, like, no, we won't. But the reality is you will. Yes, you will yeah. And, you know, you can fight fair. So, you know, when you talk about marriage in a sermon, it is very difficult because you could probably spend months talking mm-hmm. about marriage and to do it in, in one Sunday afternoon is, is, is very difficult. And then we realize that it can, can open up some very mm-hmm. new feelings and emotions and make it very fresh and raw. And um, we get that. And, you know, we always, number one, want to bring it from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. but we want you to know, you know, as, as the pastors here at GT, we love you guys. Mm-hmm. We're for marriage. We're for restoration and we're available. Yeah. You know, you can, can email yeah. us whether you liked it or didn't like it, or it helped or didn't help. And we'd love to sit down and, and chat with you and, you know, see, see mm-hmm. what we can come up with to, yeah. to kind of take the ball down the field. Yeah. I'm using that expression from you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And it's, and it's so much healthier for all of us. If, if you're in our church and you hear a message and it doesn't land well with you, when you reach out to us to discuss mm-hmm. right. how the message made you feel or how it affected you or impacted you rather mm-hmm. than talking to a friend or gossiping with friends in the church or, 
or bad-mouthing the church or the pastor or taking the social media and airing your, your hurt feelings uh, publicly, it's so much healthier and God-honoring. It honors the Matthew 18 principle to send to reach out to us a phone call an email i i truly appreciated that you know the, some mm-hmm. of the couple of the feedback emails i got i'm like i my first words are thank you for writing to me because i really truly appreciate hearing their perspective and knowing how how my words affected them you know mm-hmm. the the i i love proverbs 18 21 the tongue holds the power of life and death i mean our words carry they're important from the platform when we we stand on a, a on a church platform behind a pulpit and and we we we're doing our best to proclaim the word of god our words matter yeah. a great deal and when my if my words have impacted someone in a negative way i i'm grateful that that person would reach directly out to me to tell me how my words affected them so thank you um, and we invite that. We invite the conversations. You know, we're, we're going to bite off a couple more topics in the next few weeks that are that can feel difficult and can be a bit, you know, con- controversial, I guess. And um, we, again, invite you to reach out for a conversation, not just to, you know. Yeah, I, I would say, you, you know, I've, yeah. mm-hmm. I love listening to sermons. There are certain pastors I love listening to that I listen to each week and you know, some of them are tough, mm-hmm. you know, um, pastors have their problems too. And, yeah. and one of the things, you know, if, if I hear a sermon and it's convicting to my heart and it's, you know, pushing on that nerve, I try to ask myself, Hey, what's the message you have for me? Like, mm-hmm. God, what is it you're trying to speak to me? It, it may be a little painful, but when you know that God has your best intentions in mind, it's it's kind of like surgery. You know, surgery is going to hurt in the beginning and it's going to bring pain, but it's it's meant to cause healing and mm-hmm. make you better. Mm-hmm. So we realize that there's some marriages that need surgery, mm-hmm. and we certainly want to handle that with care, um, and we're going to do it biblically. But um, y- you know, it's never an intent to, yeah. to hurt anybody or no, point a finger never. or anything like that. It's it's you know, how can God help me or mm-hmm. us in this situation? And one more thing on that, Andrew, I'm sure mm-hmm. you have other things you want to talk about, but I, I, I do want to just reaffirm in this podcast that we do stand on God's design for marriage. Mm-hmm. We believe God created marriage. He designed it for a man and a woman to live in a covenant relationship before him for a lifetime. That is God's design. He's the creator. He gets to call the shots. And that's his standard. We all fall short of that. We all, many marriages fall short of that, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we would pull back on proclaiming what is God's design for our lives. And mm-hmm. so I, I, we all wrestle with that based on our life situations and circumstances, but we're, we still, as a church, we want, it's our responsibility to declare mm-hmm. God's design to, to accurately represent the word of God in its entirety. Yeah. And I, I feel like there is a, um, an attack on what, what even constitutes a biblical view of, of family. I mean, there's movements through the church Mm -hmm. where, and, and openness and accepting and rejection of God's word and, right. and a manipulation of mm-hmm. God's word and what the Bible says and trying to yeah. 
change and justify and 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 manipulate it for for one's feelings yeah, right. mm-hmm. in it's in direct right now yeah. yeah and it is and it and it it makes it difficult for a church to stand it's not easy to stand on what we believe to be biblical truth but we're not always called to do what's easy you know we have to if we want to honor god i believe if we believe if we hold god's word to be god's word then we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to accurately teach what's written not what we think is best and what's most relevant to this world. Yeah, I I that. almost feel like the bigger struggle though would be how do we accurately teach it with love yeah. mm-hmm. and respect? Mm-hmm. Because it's real easy and it has been I feel <laughs> for for the church to go out there and and stand on this and mm-hmm. but they the church traditionally has not done it in a in a place yeah. of love, mm-hmm. more of condemnation and and I feel like the pen, the pendulum is swinging back of of now an overreaction. We were so like right. historically that this was a fault. We're sorry. Obviously, we were wrong. You and and the the yeah. mindset of love wins. Mm-hmm. You know, is is yeah. something that that kind of has permeated that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a God who loves, you know, loves you for who you are and right. and. And you know there is no no wrong. And there's another you know there's another phrase you said the phrase love wins that is, you know if you're in the church world you might know where that comes from. There's another phrase I think that circulates a lot in our modern culture is that love is love. Well, mm-hmm. I would just my first reaction would be well actually, the Bible says God is love, mm-hmm. and if God is love and He's the author of love, then He actually is the one who defines what love is and. I mean, in any academic environment, you would never define a word by itself, right? Mm-hmm. So love isn't love. What is love? It's not love. You have to define it. God, the Bible says God is love in 1 John 4, and the Bible does define love in 1 Corinthians 13. It tells us what love looks like mm-hmm. anyway. And so we're always going to lean on biblical definitions of words, not just the culture to tell us what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking up First Corinthians. So yeah, down. sorry. Yeah, there's there's a great danger in cherry picking mm-hmm. um, verses from the Bible to fit your lifestyle. Um, it's just a path that you don't want to go down. You know, God has given us all we need in His Word um, to help us thrive as followers of Christ, to thrive as human beings, to thrive as husbands, wives, whatever. And so, if we start pulling verses from the Bible to fit our feelings or emotions or culture. Uh, it's very, very dangerous to do that. And then you step outside the boundaries of God's perfect plan. And I think we're, we're seeing that in our culture. Yeah. I think that's why there's so much confusion mm-hmm. out there, because um, people are just interpreting it how they, they want to see it or feel mm-hmm. it to fit their lifestyle and, you know... That's not how it works as a follower of, of Christ. Or, right. You know, as GT, we believe in the authoritative word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and it's given to us because he loves us that much. You know, you, there was a, um, I think you had said this, Scott, we don't hate, GT doesn't hate anybody. No. And, and I made that very, very clear. And if we hated people, 
we would not share the truth with them. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, now it's how we share the truth, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. important with love and grace mm-hmm. and mercy, right. of course. But to not share the truth, that would be that disliking would be or hating yeah. something. Mm-hmm. That's hateful. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's powerful. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I mean, again, this. The topic of marriage is a big one, and there's lots of different directions that we could we yeah. could just take. And mm-hmm. um, for the sake of time, I do want to give you guys an opportunity. You know, Sunday you guys both mm-hmm. pre- pre- preached the message, and I'm sure you walked off the platform, even though there was a, a, a great overall mm-hmm. response that there are things that you felt like you wish you could have taken a little more time in yeah. and yep. dove a little deeper in and, and just expounded on. So um, certainly we want to give you guys the opportunity to do that in this moment and just mm-hmm. kind of uh, just share a little, little extra from Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to take a few minutes and talk about communication in marriage. You know, I, I, I shared in the message here at West Lawn how I want to in, inspire couples to practice healthy communication. And I also shared that without exception, communication seems in all of my premarital counseling over 19 years and hundreds of couples, um, communication, if, you, if I could use a Lord of the Rings reference here. Um, Always welcome. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. Um, I have a rocky one coming up. No, I'm just Come kidding. on, do it. I can, I can, um, I can run with so, those too. To use, to use a Lord of the Rings reference, uh, one ring to rule them all. And for me, communication in the marriage, in the health of your marriage, communication is that one ring that rules them all. And it's just without exception, every prepare assessment I've received back from couples, it always follows that rule. If they're healthy communication, they're healthy in every other aspect of the relationship. If they have unhealthy communication, every other category is unhealthy. It just, it always follows that pattern. It's been without exception for me. And that's at least 150 assessments. All of them have followed that rule. So. So I, I shared that on Sunday, but I didn't really, we didn't take any time. We didn't have time to mm-hmm. dive into, well, what, so how do I do that? What does healthy communication look like? I think it, a couple thoughts here. One, it, it starts when you, when you think about healthy communication, you're also trying to think about understanding. You know, you can say things and not be heard and you can say things and not be understood, right? That happens in all settings and all environments at work, at home, you might, be communicating, but you're you're not being heard or you're not being understood. So as a communicator, you're trying to think, how can I say this so that I'm heard and understood? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where sometimes couples do miss it. They they're in the in the intensity of a moment or frustration or irritation or annoyance with their their spouse, they tend to just say something without giving thought to how can I be heard and how can I be understood? How can I say this in such a way that my spouse will hear me and that they will understand me and that what I say won't be unnecessarily hurtful or offensive or disrespectful? Like, and I've said this for years, the packaging matters. You know, I, I used to use the, the imagery of like when you unbox your new iPhone or Android, you know, the, the smartphone companies have put a lot of energy into the packaging mm-hmm. of your device. I mean, it's almost an experience. I remember you open some iPhones or your, your Android and it's like an experience. Like the, the packaging is perfect. Literally, it's 
so perfectly, meticulously laid out. When you pull off that lid, there sits your phone mm -hmm. in all its glory. You got to peel back. If you pull back the plastic and then the, the battery, the cords are wrapped. Everything is packaged perfectly in a, in a new phone box. And if the phone companies know that the packaging matters, I believe that the way that we package our thoughts and try to convey them to our spouse matters a great deal. You know, right? the, in Ephesians, Paul said, speak the truth with love, right? So I think healthy communication starts with me understanding that the way that the, the, the how is probably more important than the what. Like how I say something, how I consider, how my spouse will hear it. You know, for years, I made the mistake. I'll share a little bit. And, and I, I wanted to share some personal stuff. I'll probably do more this Sunday, but I just didn't have time on Sunday. For years in our marriage, for Kate and I, we're married 23 years. And for, for the first few years, we had a lot of like, we never fought over it, but there were a lot of times where I hurt Kate's feelings. I grew up in a locker room. I grew up in a, in a vulgar setting. I grew up in a harsh setting. I grew up in a if you, if you're either, you're either going to eat or be eaten, like you're, you gotta like be on your guard all the time with your, your, you gotta have a sharp tongue. And so when I got married and Kate and I started our lives together, I just, I didn't always give thought to how I said something. Mm -hmm. I would say it with a sharp tone, with a, it, it came across aggressively. And, and my wife grew up with three sisters and she didn't grow up in the locker room environment. So you bring those two worlds together and there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve, if I could say that, where I had to learn how to soften what I was saying, just my tone, mm -hmm. just the tone of not even what I said, just the way that I was saying it, my tone was hurtful to her or yeah. was, it felt aggressive to her. And it wasn't, it, I wouldn't mean it that way. And she likewise, as the listener and receiver had to remind herself, Scott doesn't mean it that way. So we both worked on ourselves. Like I worked on how I said it, my tone. Kate worked on trusting my goodwill and my good heart and not being offended. And as we worked on that, it, the, the, the problem over the course of the first couple of years of our marriage kind of just evaporated. There was no one moment where like, oh, it's gone. It just kind of over time gradually just dissipated because we were both intentionally working on that aspect of our communication. And over the course of a couple of years, it just kind of evaporated. And we realized, hey, we don't struggle with this anymore. But it took us both owning our part, owning our stuff and saying, I've got to work on this. Yeah, And it changed. I, I can kind of relate to that. And I'm, if my wife listens to this, I might get in trouble for oversharing. <laughs> then you bet um, you should do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but Sorry, I think Angie. it's, um, I love you very much, babe. Uh, <laughs> I almost have the reverse nature. I know that when I speak, it can come out as harsh and can sound mean. And for, you know, the early part of our marriage and, and going up through and like, just, I would not say things mm. and I would not communicate. And so you keep it in, I keep it in. And it ended up just kind of feeling like it was consuming me to the point where like, and Angie, like our first, like big real fight was was years into our marriage, but it was it was because 
like I take a lot of the blame because I just I didn't want to share because I didn't want her to hurt her feelings, but I let it let mm-hmm. these things kind of fester yeah. in me and my yeah. spirit and to the point where like like I just lost it and I didn't know what to do in that situation and mm. like it it has been since then I think we're I'd say we're still going through like how do we how do we openly communicate with each other in a space where like I feel like as as you know I can say something without you know immediately mm-hmm. being being yep. turned into the bad guy and and feel like I can be comfortable sharing and communicating even though and like for me having to be comfortable with maybe it hurts Angie's feelings mm-hmm. and maybe the conversation is hard and maybe it's not something that you know I would have done in the past and it's um for me it's it's learning how to mm-hmm. kind of go through this like uh, and understanding that my natural you know tone yeah. and demeanor and if I just answer is can come across in a mm-hmm. bad tone, but yeah. like that kind of yeah. got me into a place where like I wanted to save her and it was, it was killing me on yeah. the, on the other side. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you withhold that from your spouse, you're actually depriving them of the opportunity to, to learn and grow. Like if there's something that, bo- that I do that bothers Kate, I want her to tell me so that I have the opportunity to address it. Mm-hmm. Something that I do that irritates her or is an annoyance. Like if she doesn't tell me she's not, she's robbing me of the opportunity to address it. Mm-hmm. I've seen that go really wrong in marriages because over, the, like you said, Andrew, the course of 10 years when someone just bottles it all up, eventually that's going to come out, Yeah, but it'll come out more explosively. Yep. And you're, you're robbing your partner of the opportunity to address it and make changes that yeah. will be a blessing to you. Yeah. You know, so it's much better if you find the right way to, um, share what's in your heart and your mind with your spouse lovingly, yeah. you know, I, um, I, and I, you know, I, I still struggle with my tone sometimes with Kate cause I, I can, I can just be direct and I can come across firm and, and I, cause I, here's the other thing that I, that I do that I know I need to keep working on is that I, I sometimes before I say something, I'm just running it through my own filter mm-hmm. and I, and I imagine, well, this would never, she could say this to me 10,000 times and I'd never be hurt or offended by what I'm about to say to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I couldn't even try to be hurt or offended by what I'm about to say, but that's on me because I'm running it through my filter. Kate isn't me and I shouldn't expect her to be me, right? So I, I think, well, why, would, why on earth would anybody be hurt by that? Well, they're not me, right? And so mm-hmm. I shouldn't, only use my own filter. I have to know. And that, again, is the course of time you get to know your, your spouse, like they have a different personality. They're vulnerable in ways that I'm, she's vulnerable in ways that I'm not. Yeah. That's that, that came out of the every man, a warrior study. I remember, mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I first was introduced to that in book three, I think, uh, two or three. And it, it just, one of the core truths of marriage that Lonnie Berger writes about is that, um, your wife is vulnerable in ways that you aren't. And that's a, that to me, was, I think that's a revelation to men um, that your, our wives have vulnerabilities 
that we never will, mm -hmm. you know? And we have to be sensitive and gentle with that and respectful of that. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I'm doing a lot of talking. Eric, anything you want to add? I feel like it's confession time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Um, uh, no, you well, don't need to confess unless you're ready to. <laughs> no, I, I, so Andrew's smart play on, on taking the blame on that. Uh, Scott, to you, I would say, be careful how many stories you share this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I won't, I won't <laughs> um, share too many. Because I, I may have shared too many this past <laughs> Sunday. But uh, that's what my wife says. I love yeah. you, honey. Um, we'll that's get funny. those in. But I think one of the things for Marlene and I that we're pretty passionate about, and we had a great opportunity this Friday to visit a blended family life group and just share some words of encouragement, not certainly mm. that we've figured it all out, but, yeah. you know, Marlene and I both uh, experienced divorce early in our lives, and uh, that changes things in, in your second marriage um, for us, and certainly still learning, but... You know, we've we've learned a lot of things through that. I became an instant dad, which which was fantastic <laughs> and awesome. But oh, there's man. there's a lot to that um, when when you're entering a second marriage, um, you really do learn that communication is is absolutely yes, yeah. vital, um, and and you have somewhat of a disadvantage beca because of the the ex spouse. You know, there there were triggers that I could. Mm. Um, pull and not knowing it because wow. of, of past, you know, her past marriage. Um, it could be a tone, it could be whatever yeah. that she experienced. And I didn't realize what no. I was doing. Right. So to keep the communication open is, it is just so, so vital yeah. in, in so many ways. And so... And give each other the benefit of the doubt too. Like you have to be gracious yep. to each other when, when we do step, when we do hit those triggers, like, you know, be gracious. Yeah. And, and to share it, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. her, right. it was very hard to share, yeah. Yeah. but I knew I had said something or done mm -hmm. something where I'm like, what, <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't I figure it out. What have I done? Yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, her being brave enough and saying, well, listen, this is what happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, now I yeah. get it. Yeah. You know, so you got to tuck that away and be yeah. aware. And, you know, we say it all the time. Mm -hmm. Marriage is work. Mm -hmm. It's work. Yeah, it, it's it's worth it, but it, there's work involved. Our first know? fight was in our first six months. We've had a few big. I am not even going to go to our first. Uh, fight. All right, <laughs> never mind. All right, never mind. No, but but I but I hit a nerve that I didn't even know was there in the first. You know, there's Kate and I didn't have a long courting season. Yeah, we date and got engaged, got married in a very short period of time, and so there was still a lot of discovery to be done in our our first six months of marriage, and um. We had, we had our first significant fight in the first probably four or five months. Um, so much so that Kate, she just like left the room and went upstairs, locked herself in one of the rooms and was crying and told me later that she was literally crying and thinking to herself, what have I done? I can't <laughs> believe I married him. Like that she was emotionally responding the moment too. Like mm -hmm. we both believed that God had brought us together for marriage, but she was like, oh my goodness, like, I can't believe how he just spoke to me. And, and I didn't, and I literally, after I said what I said, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> like, what have I done? Like, I honestly, that and, I'm probably yeah. dumb too. Yeah. I was probably dumb and immature. Um, but what I said, I'm like, that would never, ever, ever have hurt my feelings or caused me to react that way. Never. I would have been like, whatever. I would have just been like, 
what, like that would never even touch a nerve for me. But mm -hmm. for my wife, who again, has vulnerabilities that I don't have, she was so hurt by what I said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so again, I, what I said came across hurtful, insensitive, harsh, mean. And I was like, well, not even, that wasn't even locker room talk, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just, again, I, re, learning and communication to be kind, loving, respectful. Love is, if you go back to defining love, love is patient and love is kind. Mm -hmm. And I just, anyone listening, just be kind with what you say and how you say it. You know, just start yeah. there. That's what, how God defines love. It's patient and it's kind in that order. And you know? it's really at that moment when you have that fight, whether it's your first or your fifth or your 50th, it's what you do next mm -hmm. that really will determine where your relationship and marriage is going to go. It, it really is like the why and the road. Because I think I may have touched on it in, in, in the sermon you can, there's nobody that could hurt your spouse greater than you because you know all their flaws and weaknesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you pull that out of your holster and, and start going, I mean, you can really do some damage. And, and I'm, even, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, unfortunately, we, we do that. You so know? we can, we might do it intentionally, but we might even do it unintentionally. Right. And, and after 20 years of marriage, we're married 23 years, when you do it unintentionally, you're at least, I think your spouse probably thinks you should know by now that right. that's sensitive to me. So right. <laughs> how can you, after 20 years of marriage, still be that insensitive? Like, you know that hurts me. You know I'm sensitive or vulnerable there. And how can you, you know, and that's fair. But again, we're all imperfect. We yeah. all are, are still growing and learning, you know. And that's something else that... I don't think we, we touched on, I, I didn't on Sunday, was forgiveness, just how important that is. I did not get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's, no it's huge. Oh, because my word. Because if, if that goes away and you don't grant each other forgiveness, yeah. and I'll tell, okay, so here's my confession. I mean, that, that goes hand in hand with commitment. If, yeah. you're, if yeah. you're committed, oh, yeah. you, you're going to be forgiven yeah. Keeps a no lot. record of wrongs. And yeah. there, there's my my big issue early in our marriage and, and still a work in progress was I wasn't quick to forgive. I, I could hold a grudge, mm -hmm. you know, and just a terrible, terrible trait to have. But uh, uh, it, it's, it is absolutely crucial yeah. to extend mm -hmm. and say it. Yeah. Like sometimes we, it's important yeah. to say it, you know, like I forget, it's just so important. Yeah. Uh, in a in a good healthy relationship, I'll show. A, I'll throw a shameless plug in here. It is so essential for those of you who are listening, part of our church. Be there every week, like mm -hmm. each week. Each of these six weeks in Family Matters is an essential piece to the puzzle. And just like one week on marriage can't fill in all the blanks, this series all builds on itself. I'm as we're talking, I'm typing notes into my message note place for mm -hmm. the weeks to come because there are things that we're. I'm like, oh gosh, the whole church needs to hear that and yeah. be reminded of the importance of that, you know? So uh, just again, shameless plug, be there every Sunday, tune in, go to our message archive, listen back, you know, it's all part of the puzzle. So, yeah. um, so I think we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, dive in a little more into the topic of divorce and, you know, that was some of the things that people left mm -hmm. on Sunday feeling yeah. hurt because of the yep. certain the, their life situation, where they're at in life, and things of that 
that nature that they mm-hmm. are they are yeah. experiencing and living or or dealing with and processing. I think we saw marriages get healed, but I think there there's marriages that that well or mm-hmm. former marriages that at this point there's there is no reconciliation. Um, what is one of the things that I like I know and maybe other people don't don't know is what are the grounds what is the biblical grounds mm-hmm. for for divorce because yeah. that's something that we can say but I don't know that we mm-hmm. we always jump into and dive into and yeah what is you know for someone in that situation someone yeah. who who is going through divorce or yeah. recently mm-hmm. divorced you know and Eric you know you've been through a divorce and now you're remarried like there's a lot of complexity i think we should try and you know jump into some of that i know we don't we don't have time to get through it all Mm -hmm. but you know i just think we should discuss some of that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, sure um i can kick that off yeah go ahead i would i would say too um just from from the perspective of divorce, we, you know, as pastors, we've walked with people through most every imaginable circumstance. We've seen, I have personally seen marriages that should have ended, that have been way past repair. <coughs> I've seen God do marvelous, miraculous things to heal marriages. And for those of you who are in a troubled marriage, a broken marriage, just you can hold out hope that God can move and God does move and he heals marriages. I've seen him do it so many times through very difficult, seemingly unforgivable offenses. I've seen God heal. I've also walked with, and Eric has too, we've walked through divorce with couples where reconciliation wasn't happening or wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. And we have walked with those people as well. And those are difficult situations and not, it's not something anybody stands at the altar and says, I do for, they, we're all saying I do for a lifetime. And that's what the desire is and the dream is, Mm -hmm. but uh, life gets in the way. And so we've Mm -hmm. walked with a lot of couples through divorce and through brokenness. And you know, this in in our Assemblies of God um, tradition, in our biblical view, there's a few um, reasons why we would say someone would have biblical grounds for divorce. I think that's what you're asking, Andrew. Mm -hmm. One is, I think everybody would acknowledge as obvious is infidelity. Um, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is clear in Matthew 19. Paul discusses it in Romans 6. Um, that if you have if you have defiled your marriage bed, if you have had a relationship with someone outside of your marriage of the opposite sex, or of I mean any relationship that is an emotional love affair or a physical sexual relationship outside of marriage, that is infidelity. And that is grounds for divorce biblically. You Now, so I will say this, the Bible gives you permission to leave. It doesn't require you to leave. Mm-hmm. I have seen many married couples healed through that, stay in the mm-hmm. marriage through infidelity. And God gives them the ability and the grace to forgive and move on. And and enjoy a healthy marriage for many. I'm thinking two right now in my head, two couples who are enjoying and loving marriage still years later after gross infidelity. Yeah. And 
they are being healed. I'll say to those of you who are listening where there's been infidelity and you left the marriage, you have the right to. And don't hear me say, because God heals, you made the wrong decision. No, God also gives, Jesus himself gives you permission mm-hmm. to leave the marriage when there's been infidelity. Uh, we would also say you have biblical grounds for divorce if um, you've been abused by your partner, if you're being abused. Um, Again, every situation is different. That's a very broad mm-hmm. brush to paint with. But uh, there are certain situations where there, where abuse is um, uh, grounds for divorce. If the Bible says, Paul says in Corinthian, one of the Corinthian letters, that abandonment by an unbeliever is a biblical mm-hmm. reason for divorce. If you are married to an unbeliever and that unbeliever chooses to leave, Paul says you have permission to let them leave the marriage if they can't anymore bear up under living with someone who loves God, who wants to go to church, who, you know, lives as a Christian and your unbelieving spouse abandons you, then you have the right to be remarried, according to Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we would in as Assemblies of God ministers, we would also have permission to remarry someone whose previous marriage occurred, marriage and divorce occurred pre-conversion. So if they were married and divorced before they ever came to Christ, that would be known as a pre-conversion divorce, Mm -hmm. which means we wouldn't ever hold them to a biblical standard because they didn't know Christ um, when that happened. So those would be the, again, I'm summarizing simply, this is not a simple, please don't take (laughs) this and run with it. This is a, a complex topic, but those are the four general reasons why we'd say those were biblical grounds and you would have the ability biblically to be remarried. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, Eric, before mm-hmm. you should, I would just kind of reiterate too, maybe you're, you're new to the faith and this is new to you and, <laughs> yeah. and you're in the process of going through a divorce. Like I would encourage you, let this be a time to at least say pause and, and yeah. reach out, yep. reach mm-hmm. out to the pastors and, yes. and, and seek counsel. We, we started out, you know, talking and saying like there, there's thing be some hard things and, and to seek, you know, pastoral counsel in this. It, we also understand like, there are a lot of people who are new to the church and, and mm-hmm. everybody comes in broken and everybody's yeah. brokenness is different. And if that's the brokenness that you're going through, at this at this point in time, like mm-hmm. you know, there isn't yeah. <laughs> there's out, not. Yeah. It's not a lost cause. There's still there's yeah. still there's can be hope. There's yeah, hope. yeah. And mm-hmm. and if it's a matter of you know, you you have recently been saved, but your your spouse is not. I there's still there's still. Um, hope for that marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I can, again, getting personal, I can think of my own parents. My mother is very faithful and, you know, she's strong Christian and has been, mm-hmm. you know, her mm-hmm. most of her life. And my father early into their marriage kind of stepped away from, from the church. And he's mm-hmm. now what we call a, a priester. He comes on mm-hmm. Christmas and mm-hmm. Easter. Yeah. He comes to church twice a year. And, mm-hmm. Their marriage, even though you know um, he doesn't, you know, have have these beliefs, or he doesn't, he's doesn't practice these beliefs. Like their marriage, they still 
are faithful Making to each work, other yeah. and mm-hmm. committed to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a point of prayer for, for my mother and has been for, for years. And, you know, um, for, for me, you know, to see, you know, healing in, in that matter for, for my father and to come yeah. back to, to Christ, you know, mm. um, but don't let, don't let those issues, those circumstances be something to, to be reason for you or justification for you to kind of give up on this commitment That's because good, I, yeah. we mm-hmm. marriage should be a lifelong commitment mm-hmm. that, that That's should be God's design. Right. Yeah. It doesn't always go the way, but that is the design that God created. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric, anything to add to that? Yeah, well, there's a lot I can yeah, add to that. Yeah, there's a lot to add, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess I would invite anyone, any couples who are really pretty far down that road, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm talking with a couple couples now, um, and, and I can speak to it from a different perspective, having been gone through it, um, and I'm I just very real with it. It is... It is one of the toughest things you will ever feel yeah. or face in yeah. your life. And, and it, this is why, because the Bible tells us, Genesis tells us that uh, man and woman shall leave, you know, the man mother and father, father, right? Yep. And they should come together as one flesh. Well, this is how I describe divorce to people that are thinking about it. It's a tearing of the flesh. It's not a cutting. It's not a surgical cut. It's not an intentional Mm. cut. You are tearing and pulling away from one another. And that hurts if you've ever had an injury like that. Now, is there healing? 100%. Absolutely. There's healing there. And I realize when couples are that far down the road and and divorce and, and lawyers and all of those things, you most likely just want to want a relief from the pain. I understand. I 100% understand that. But it's not what you think. Mm -hmm. It's not going to relieve the pain the way you think. Now, Mm -hmm. let me say this. This is important. If you're currently in a situation where there's sexual or physical harm, Mm -hmm. you need to get out of it right away, Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Separate. I'm I'm saying that. Get yourself safe. Um, But let me also say that I never counsel separation with a thought of divorce. I counsel separation with the thought of restoration and get healing and help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to make that very, very clear. But I'm 100% believe that if God has two willing hearts, two forgiving people, that there can be restoration mm-hmm. despite whatever sin yeah. was involved, even adultery, even the ones where yep. where Jesus says, I know, he, Jesus never tells has told anyone to get divorced. He's permitted it. That's very different. Okay, so don't read that wrong. But I believe that God, because he is God, can restore the worst of relationships, the worst of sin in marriages. But it's going to take two willing, repentive, forgiving Mm -hmm. people to do that, and I think it could be better than ever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. There's so much more. That yep. yeah. I wish we could get into, but unfortunately, because of time, we we need to kind of wrap up and end here. Um, Scott, would you mind just real quick? You're you're preaching again next week. Just give us a little promo for for what what yeah, we can expect on Sunday. Yeah, this coming Sunday, it's going to be August twentieth. Um, 
I want to talk about how we insulate ourselves. The, the messages thus far, um, we've talked about family matters, talked about the marriage matters. I want to talk about the walls. The walls matter. How we, how we insulate ourselves from the intrusive pressures of culture around us. You know, we are, mm-hmm. we're called to be, we're Christ followers. We are born again. We are part of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. And it is often challenging to um, keep our own mindsets, our worldviews, and our faith um, purely rooted in biblical truth. And we sometimes allow the world's ideologies and ideas and philosophies to impose upon and change or alter our beliefs. And I want to talk about how do we, how do we protect ourselves um, and our families from the influence of culture. Uh, we'll talk from Daniel about resisting culture. You know, Daniel lived in Babylon. He was a, he was a, a refugee and he had to resist the adopting cultural practices of Babylon because it would have corrupted his pure worship mm-hmm. of Jehovah. So that's kind of where we're heading this Sunday. Cool. So, mm-hmm. Well, and we will be back next week. Um, we're going to have a couple other guests just yes. to kind of help yep. break down. Um, if on after Sunday you have questions, you can always submit those questions, and we will try and mm-hmm. get to them on, on the podcast. And even if we can't get to them on the podcast, we'll make sure that we can kind of respond to them um, you can do that through our website on the homepage, gtchurch.online. Uh, guys, thank you. Thank you for taking time, sitting down, talking. Appreciate it. I, I enjoyed the conversation. I love these conversations and getting to be a part of them. Uh, it, it's eye-opening and, and it, you know, different perspectives for, for me and just an opportunity to kind of, you know, Take take what I hear on Sunday and and learn a little more. Yeah, um, yeah. If Scott mentioned it earlier, make sure you are you're staying involved with, throughout this series. There's so so much stuff, and there's so many topics that we're going to be looking at and addressing. You know, yeah. if you miss on Sunday, you can always catch up on uh, replay on GT Live or on our website. Uh, Thank you all for joining in. We hope you enjoyed listening and we'll catch you next time.